Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It is football and random things. Episode 10, presented by Iowa Diamond. We have averted crisis. It will be an abbreviated edition of football and random things, but we're here with very few things to talk about. Uh, it, uh, I feel like the line between football and random things is very blurry from Saturday. Yeah, because the, the random things very strongly dipped into the football. There is a, a Superman punch over an official. <laughs> there was. Uh, we'll wait just a few minutes to, before we jump head on into, into that entire situation. But like you said, it was a, it was a weird game. That's, I think it's fair. It was a memorable game. Uh, and it all sets up for what will probably be, until this point, one of the most important games in the history of Iowa State football. Uh, correct. But we will get up to all of that here in just a minute after a quick word from our presenting sponsor, Iowa Diamond. This is Iowa Diamond President Chuck Kuba. After 20 years of serving engagement and wedding couples, I can't help but reflect back on the thousands of wonderful folks we've helped and ask myself, how can we be so lucky? Is it our incredible ring selection or the quiet private atmosphere? Then came the epiphany. Out of all the people in the world, we make you feel like you are the most important people in the world. Because at that moment, to all of us at Iowa Diamond, you are. Visit us at iowadiamond.com or in person anytime. You'll see what I mean. Jeff, have you ever wanted to punch somebody on the football field? No. You know why? Helmets. <laughs> I don't understand what damage people think they're going to inflict with a punch. Yeah. Do you realize it's like punching a car? Like there, there isn't an amount of force that you can put with a fist to someone looking at you to make it worth your while. I don't know. I was watching an episode of Ridiculousness on MTV2 last night, and I saw a guy, he punched a car window and just shattered it. It was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. I don't think it's the same thing. That's why it belonged on an episode of Ridiculousness. Um, you ever watch that show? I didn't. No. Well, I mean, it's still on. It, I'm pretty, I strongly believe that the only reason the TV channel MTV2 exists now, one, just show endless episodes of Ridiculousness. Okay. And two, to show endless episodes of Catfish. Those are the only two things that I ever see on that I channel. I honestly didn't even know that MTV2 was still a thing. Of course it's still a thing. I don't watch TV. Well, you should watch Ridiculousness no, sometimes. I'm not going to do that. Because it's, uh, it's a very funny show. But like, I, I genuinely, it, it doesn't, I've been mad at people before. Yeah. And like, if I'm going to try and do some type of like frustrated, I'm going to hurt you thing, like I'm going to try and throw you. Because there's at least the, the like, the embarrassing, the embarrass of the that, embarrassment yeah. of, of being thrown by another human being. And like, or just try and do like, like a little wrestling trip where you just literally like push them down to the ground and make them feel insignificant. Yeah. But by trying to punch someone, I genuinely don't understand your goal, your goal. Yeah. Like, what do you think is going to happen? Like the best you can do is an open hand slap. See, and okay, now, okay, now you're okay, going to okay. slap another grown man. Can we start at the beginning of this? Well, I mean, it's not really the beginning, but the beginning of the altercation that led to the entire wildness. That was the biggest bull spit of the entire thing. The beginning of it? Yes. Okay, so, I mean, obviously everybody's watched the game at this point, but the play when David Montgomery is running towards the Iowa State sideline and, an Iowa, or and a Baylor player drives him <laughs> 10, yard, 10 yards off the field into the cooler Complete and then crap. holds him down while two Baylor players are mixed in with the entire Iowa State team. Yeah, things things could have escalated rather quickly. I think that guy, um, and this all happened right in front of us. By the way, you and I were sitting together in the press box, and it was literally directly in front of us. Yeah, and so I think this guy um, misunderstands the level of danger that he put himself in, um, and it kind and and I don't want to take this as like a like a a reading to beyond the point of this, because I think Matt rule is doing a really good job down at Baylor to try and get rid of the culture of what there was before. He didn't I mean, come off very well after the game. I will say that. No, however, but you can tell uh, that the, believe it or not, they're actually generally speaking better disciplined than they, than they have that they were under art Bryles. I would hope sincerely, I was going to say that's not, that they're not getting 
that they're, they're staying away from the garbage that they were doing before, which is heinous crap. But still, the, the kind of at, the air of impunity that was kind of there before, it doesn't just disappear into thin air. And so what that said to me is if you're pushing another guy into a visiting bench, I don't think people understand how hostile that environment is on the opposing bench. Like you so much as like tackle somebody legally and get up and run off to the side, you're getting jawed at by at least four people like yeah. Man, get the bleep out of here, you bleeping white boy. Like, wow, okay. He wasn't a white boy. But that's yeah. nice oh, are you saying to me. You? Like yeah, yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, personally. Like, that's what you'd get. And it's like, wow, hey, nice, Jeff, nice to meet you. <laughs> but, like, you're going to drive the heart and soul of the Iowa State team. Right, the captain. Into the, all the way through, behind the bench, in the middle, where there's no other escape route. And if your buddies didn't come get you, you probably would have had your helmet removed and then that's when things start to get really dangerous. Yeah. Because if helmet comes off, there you open yourself up to a whole lot of different stuff and that's probably what would have happened. Right. And so of all the cheap things that went on, that was the cheapest of the cheap things. Well, well and then to see another guy standing there taunting the entire team and it's like, it's like, yo, it's like three on 100. Like here, your, your, your homies are not there with you. Right, exactly. And that's what I, I just didn't. Okay, but what was funny is, so that happens. They do get a penalty for a late hit on Baylor. Which, which was that guy should have been ejected, in my would, Yeah, you and I were talking about in the press box. Of, of like, all that the was, people that, that was egregious. Of all the people that should have been ejected, like the, it was that guy and the obviously Superman punch dude, 52. Well, and I think... The, then the other, the other stuff, like I, I don't disagree that Montgomery should have been ejected because he did throw a punch. Like... I th- we're gonna get there. We're granted, gonna get but, there. But okay. like, with I, of all the things that happened, the two guys that for sure I think should have been tossed are three, which is the guy that pushed him in the bench, yeah. and fifty-two Superman punch dude. Well, and I think that if they had thrown three out of the game, then maybe some of what came next could have been avoided. It would have just been like, "Yo, we're not doing it." Like, if we're gonna, if you're gonna pull crap like this, then you're gonna be gone, and yeah. like that's all there is to it. And that would have been if the games, if the officials wanted to keep the game under control. I think that's what they would have done because you could see that something was going to happen. And immediately when he didn't get ejected, you looked at me and you said, watch what Iowa state does here. There, something is going to happen. And I was going to say, they are going to retaliate. I guaranteed. And I am, I I think from like, obviously the introduction of this, have you ever wanted to hit somebody? No, I'm not going to hit somebody. However, if you're going to cheap shot my dude like that, I'm not, I'm not going to take that lying down. Right. Not for a second. Now, am I going to go after one of your buddies? No. But am I going to go after number three and number one? I, like, I number still, 31. 31 was the other the, guy. The safety. Number one, the safety, was the other guy that was talking trash. It was 31. One and one was there. Okay, one, so then there was one, one three, the and 31. Yeah, 31 so, is the one that I remember specifically being those on the sideline three. talking trash. And so and 31 was the one that was walking through while Iowa yeah. State was trying to kind of bleed back out onto the field. He was the one walking through Iowa State's huddle, like clapping his hands and talking trash. Three, one, 31. Okay, for sure I remember three and one. Like, I'm not going to go after somebody else. Not my problem. But that dude... You bet your ass that there is somebody that is going after that dude. Right. And so I think Butler went after 21. I don't know if that was like... I don't know what... I don't know. I think it was just the, the corner that was lined up against auxiliary, him. It might have been an auxiliary frustration taking out moment. Yeah. But I mean, if it was me, like... the Also, the other funny part about this is, you know, like the... Like with, with dogs, like generally speaking, like a Great Dane is like super mild-mannered. And like you've... Like I've never met a nice Chihuahua. What position do the, the, do the people that were instigating the entire thing, 3, 1, and 31, what position do they play? All defensive backs. All defensive backs. Yeah. Defensive backs, Coach Pope always called them piss ants whenever he was, and he played corner, like my running backs coach. He played corner for the Patriots and for the Oklahoma Sooners back in the day, and he would always call guys in the secondary piss ants because they think they're bigger than they are. Now, you, you have some certain guys that are like legitimately like, you know, able to handle their own. Like I wouldn't, I'm, <clears throat> I don't know, Eric Berry. Like, I'm not going to try and take on Eric Berry because he's, or Cam Chancellor. Like, those guys are legit. But those like, guys would legit kick your ass. Right. Yeah. But this dude is probably a buck 90. Right. Lo- probably the lightest dude on the field at any one given moment and is the one that's barking the most. And so, the, I mean, every secondary guy on, in history 
is the chirpiest guy on the field. And so I just think that's like a little funny part, but you, you also, again, not understanding the magnitude of the risk that you're in. Like when you're on the sideline, the legitimately, like I think number 44 was one of the linebackers that literally like grabbed him by the back of the collar and pulled him out. Like his, his own teammate, yeah. like well, not that- trying to start another fight. He was like, get your dumb ass back off of the sideline yeah. or you're going to die. Yeah. And so well, he was, was the one that was trying to, cause he ran in and is like trying to hold. He's like, Iowa sorry guys, mine, sorry. Yeah. This, is, this is my drunk grabbed, friend. Pulling him off and like pulling him off the sideline. Yeah. This is my drunk friend <laughs> that you're trying not to get shivved by someone. Well, and the difference to me, I mean, obviously Baylor fans have done, have, have been Baylor fans. Baylor mm-hmm. is Baylor is Baylor. As we like to say here at Cyclone Fanatic. And, uh, so on the following play, Hakeem Butler blocks. I think you said it was 21. Mm-hmm. He blocked him. It, it was cheap. Was it, was it cheap? It was, it was cheap. But it, it was it deliberate. Was, it was a retaliatory thing. But it was veiled as an actual It was within play. the whistle. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he drove the guy to the ground. And the idea, what these people are trying to say is dirty. He's choking him. He's clearly assaulting him. It's like, No. No, he's blocking him by the shoulder pads. There were, there were, they were both guilty parties on that. Yeah. So the play number one, there was a very clear one guilty party. It was number three and whoever, you know, 31 and one were, were chirping on the sidelines. Iowa State is trying to protect their guy, uh, but nothing retaliatory had taken place. That was clearly Baylor was in the wrong. The next play, that was a 50-50 split where Butler, there's no need for that. Yeah. Like in any other context, there's no need for that. So Butler initiated that thing. No, what I think he was trying to do was what I was saying. is just like, I'm going to punk you within the whistles. I'm going to try and throw you down and make you feel like a small, tiny human being. So, which he probably did. Which he did. Uh, but then the, him trying to get off of that, like not making it beyond cheap, and him trying to get off of that, like the, the, the way that I see it again. So he shouldn't have done that in the first place in any other context, but I don't blame him. And is like, you know, in like the old like 1980s movies where like, the bully like puts his hand on like the nerd's head and the nerd starts swinging around because he doesn't know what else to do. Right. When Butler punked the guy, he didn't know what he was. He didn't. He just want him so mad. He want to do something. But like you're in such a disadvantageous position. You have nothing but nothing to do. So he just tries to do something and like grabs onto his legs and is like trying to thrash a little bit, like move him around. Yeah. But he has no leverage on him at all. Well, and then as soon as he has buddies, then his buddies come flying in and they throw Hakeem on the ground. He's able to get up and start. I mean, there's an angle where you can see where he's, he's pushing Hakeem's face into the ground using, pushing his hands into Hakeem's face mask. That's the point when it's like, okay, should Hakeem have blocked the guy that way? No, probably not. But did it need to escalate to that point? No, absolutely not. Uh, and then the Superman punch comes into play, which is so where stupid. it so stupid. And what's what's actually funny to me is when you see the initial David had to have said something that I don't know what he could have possibly said, because I think the initial scuffle was between Knipful and that 52. Uh, and then David comes over and the officials are between all three of them. David must have said something. I don't know what he said. I'm going to guess it starts with B and ends with fish. Yeah. Uh, And the guy jumps up and it was an open hand bitch slap. It was just like open hand. Like it it looks like what if a if a guy says something mean to a girl at the bar and then she gets up or no, a guy says something mean to a girl and the girl just gets up and straight slaps him across the face. That's what it looked like this guy did. And over an official. Over the top of an official. And the angle that I saw where you see the guy hits him and then you see David's eyes get all wide. And it's like he was in such shock that the guy <laughs> had just done it that he runs back around the official. And that's when things like it was like, oh, you and I are sitting right there and you see the first one. And we're like, oh, that's a punch. And then it's like, oh, man, we got more punches. And it then just, the, it gets worse after that. And then, the, then Elliot and the other police officers are running right. onto the field to get people away, which that's a bold strategy. I mean, God bless the boys in blue. But like it, uh, it just there were so many stupid decisions. And then I think the thing and obvi- maybe this is through Cardinal tinted glasses. And so, like, obviously, I, th- I think Iowa State fans and Baylor fans are not allowed to really weigh in on this discussion. They're not like, going to look at it this, from the middle. Th- th- we're yeah. not going to. We're not going to objectively see this. So, I, again, I, I'm acknowledging that I'm seeing this through cardinal color glasses. But one of the things that I thought was, again, indicative of culture is 
after after that ha- after that had happened, um, the obviously the the officials come together and they're trying to figure out who they have to toss because they're going to toss somebody. Mm-hmm. They have to get this game back under control and they got to eject someone. And when they said ejected Kniffle, which I can honestly kind of see where that would have come from because he was there in the he was there it. in the mix and you don't yeah. really have like you know you can't like rewind in your brain. Um, like who exactly was there because that's flying especially if you're at right. that level because again you don't realize how large these humans are well and how small the officials are i mean it's it people are like why the police have to get involved it's like i mean you see what these officials look like right yeah like if it comes time for where the football players are going to go all out brawl did, i don't think the officials are going to be able to control no and i was going to say did you see like how little david montgomery looked in comparison to number 52 yeah. david montgomery's 511 220 like that guy's probably six five. That's a those are huge humans. Yeah. But anyway, like after that, they the I mean, you Campbell, I don't think I've seen him more mad. Yeah. And like you could see, like from the press box, you could see the vein in his neck exploding with how much he's yelling. And he brings everybody in, and Kniffle had already left. And uh he was like you can see him from the press box pointing at his temple doing the universal be smart, be smart, be smart. Mm-hmm. And again, vein popping out of his neck. And the Baylor players, while the entire Iowa State team is getting a lecture of be smart, the Baylor players are jawing at the Iowa State players because they were not brought to the sideline to address the issue. Yeah. Again, granted, cardinal tinted glasses. So I might have not been seeing this correctly, but it looked like they were still doing the, you know, standing behind clapping like, let's go, let's go, let's go from the field to the sideline while Iowa State is getting lectured to be smart. And then clearly that didn't resonate. Because later in the game, you know how thin the ice you're standing on is, okay? You, you've already, like, the, one of the, for if you're not sure why Charlie Brewer got ejected, because they're like, oh, you know, he didn't get a personal foul, personal foul penalty before. When they say personal foul, uh, unsportsmanlike conduct team, then that, is, that assesses a penalty to everybody on the field. Like, every single member of that team is ne- now has one. Yeah. And so if you get a second unsportsmanlike conduct penalty in any given game, then you're out. And so since everybody started with a baseline of one, then I would think also theoretically, anybody that already had one becomes ejected. But I don't think anybody had a personal foul to that point um, or an unsportsmanlike to that point. Um, but anyway, so Brewer, later in the game, after you know how thin the ice you're standing on is, no matter how much you, you are pissed off at that other guy, you have to have an excessive amount of restraint. Like someone swings at you, you put your hands back. Like l- let them punch you in the face. Great. You're out of the game. Good job, buddy. You're super tough. Leave. So later in the game, Brewer, again, the, the, I think this is where, the, the, again, indicative of that impunity culture that Baylor had before that I think Rule is trying to get out, but maybe he's not like, again, I don't know exactly what's going on, but you see the jawing, you see the, 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 the stupid cheap stuff that throughout the entire game. And then later, your your team captain, or not a team, he might be a captain, but Brewer, your your best player, gets up and says and, and starts, I mean, if you're saying something and getting tossed by your words, it's something not good. Well, he said something to the official. And uh, so you're going to do that, yeah. that. Again, that air of impunity that I'm not going to get in trouble for the actions that I'm taking. Yes, you are. Like, you are, you are now gone for the next half of the game because you said words. And not only that, you lost your chance to potentially win this game because if Charlie Brewer stays in that game. I don't know what happens. Things get a lot more hairy. Things get a lot more difficult because yeah. they had they had 500 yards of offense. Yeah, and we can get into this later. But they had 500 yards of offense. They just couldn't convert. So Iowa State did a really good job of keeping them out of the end zone. But they had also put together touchdown drive, touchdown drive. Then he gets tossed in the red zone. The guy that came in behind him was I think three for 12 passing. Like that. Yeah, that makes for a comfortable win, but. You the the culture of I'm not going to get in trouble for what I'm doing is clearly still there. And maybe some Baylor fans listen to this podcast and get really mad about this. The proof's in the pudding, man. Like what the one of the funniest things I saw this weekend. Obviously, Iowa State and Baylor fans have been going at it on the Twitter the last several. You started. Days. He started. You started it. Exactly. And there was one Baylor fan that I saw where. It wasn't even with an, like in a conversation with an Iowa State fan. It was like he had a moment of almost clarity. It wasn't complete clarity. It was almost clarity where he said, this is four years in a row now that our team has gotten into a brawl. It, it's like either our guys need to get it together 
or the league needs to do something because all the other teams are doing something to get into our team's head. And I was like, ooh, you were almost so close. You were almost you were there, so buddy. So close. You were almost there. And then you weren't. And it's like, no, not everyone is targeting you saying we can get in these guys' heads. It's like, no, you have a bunch of dudes who are again reckless. impunity an air yeah. of impunity is you think you're not going to get in trouble for the the way you carry yourself right. and i i honestly think again i don't know anything about matt rule i've not heard a bad thing about him other than again i didn't hear the post game conference i'm sure he's just defending his guys like very slanted view of what they did whatever blah 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 so i'm not i mean i'm going to toss that out yeah like for the most part it seems like the way that he carries himself is one of respect and like actually building a program with proper culture from I've, what I can see. I have, uh, so he came from temple. Yep. I know some people that have, that worked at temple mm-hmm. may have been not the case may have been removed from the staff at temple because, uh, they were trying to tell him that things he was doing were wrong. And I think that there maybe is not quite as okay. much good stuff about Matt Rule as what some people believe. But that's okay. look, in, in fairness, Here's that say. is from people that, like I said, they were fired. They were fired because they tried to tell Matt Rule that what he was doing was wrong. And so that in this is like from an athletic training side of things. So that's like a different kind of story. Obviously, I don't know whether or not there's some sort of sour grapes there. That's what I know. But, but the, still at the same time, there is that is still something that I know that there is a thread of that that has that permeates on some level from him. And and coming from where you came from, that is the biggest culture of again to keep harping on the word impunity. It's the biggest culture of impunity that probably has existed ever ever in college athletics. Um, the Penn State thing, be damned. Well, that, and that's not even about the kids. That's just about the one guy. Right. That was, and then kind of trying to hide and hush right. everything under the rug. And again, that had very little to do with the kids as much as it had to do with the members of the staff. Right. And, you know? but this was, yeah, the culture of the athletic or the, the football team right. was that you're, as long as you're doing good on the football field, you do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't fly. I mean, it I, shouldn't fly is what. Is would be the better way. To yeah, it, it yeah. shouldn't fly. But I mean, it, it, in real world context, this is why, like Charlie Brewer, you can't get up and just say something to the official and expect that it's fine. Like, in fairness, I do think it is right that Charlie Brewer will not be suspended for the first half of the next game because did what he what he did probably did not warrant an, an ejection. He, but it's like you said, you should be smarter than that to know. You have to like know. You the should I- know at that point. Like, man, I can't do something else because I already have. Everybody already has. You know, work. and and you can be mad, like right, and because I guarantee you, there was little needling that after that point was going on. Because, like, you know, imagine any fight that you've ever been in. Like, it doesn't just like, I'm done. I'm over it. Yeah. Like, it never happens that way. So, like, you know that there's gonna be a little bit heated. So, man, like, you know that at the bottom of the pile, there's gonna be like that pushing up, like pushing off somebody to get up. You gotta expect that, like. You know that there's going to be, and again, Iowa State's not into, like, they're not clear of this. Like, they didn't do nothing. Like, very, it takes two to fight. Like, takes two to tango. So, I'm sure they had a lot of fun at practice yesterday. Yeah. We'll that put one, it that way. I'm sure that was the case. Yeah. Um, but, like, they, you got to know where you stand. And it's that whole situational awareness thing that we were talking about, like, from a football standpoint. Like, the, my, the, my favorite example of situational awareness from a football perspective is, like, Melvin Gordon in the game against what was it, the Packers, um, and he had a, or, uh, Todd Gurley. Excuse me, Todd Gurley in a game against the against the Packers busted out a run, was running into the end zone and stopped on the four yard line because he knew what's more important than scoring this touchdown is taking time off the clock, and you have to have the conscious awareness to know that in football contexts, what's more important than scoring, or what's more important than whatever. In a discipline context, you got to know where you're at. Like, if the game is, you know, if you've been warned by the referee, like not even officially like penalized, but like the the guy that comes to mind, like Reagan Northrup on special teams, every single week he's he's just in somebody's ass. Like he he's the first one down the field. Like Reagan Northrup is a stud on special teams, and so the other team gets pissed off about that because he's kicking their ass. So they t- start taking cheap shots back. Then 
Northrop start, starts to get a little bit. I mean, if you're if you're curious about this, guaranteed it's going to happen next week. As they start getting a little bit like like mad that he's kicking their ass, they start taking cheap shots. Then Northrop ends up like kicking their ass against the cheap shots, which starts to get just like chatty with each other. The referee can come up and be like, "Number nine, knock it off." Like once you get that, that is you're that close to a penalty. And at that point, you have to go. All right, I'll knock it off. Like. Mm-hmm. As much as you want to say something, you just got to be like, mm, like walk back to the sideline. Like, yeah. I'm going to say something to you, but I'm going to leave. Yeah. Like, you have to know the difference. And again, there's, there's the fine line between like not crossing the line, but like standing up for your guys in like in the same light. Like, I wouldn't, if someone talks trash to me, like big freaking deal. Like, I don't care. Like, you can call me a fat white boy. Like, I understand I'm a 250 pound white kid. Oh my God. Yeah. News. I didn't know that, but like, if you're talking trash to somebody else, or if you're taking cheap shots to somebody else, like at that point, you're like that. I don't, I'm not cool with. So uh, the the whole thing, like to to recap, like to put the bow on this thing, I think the guy who is the worst offender of the entire thing is number three, the guy that pushed Montgomery out of bounds, and that was again, it's the Chihuahua, it's biting at the Great Dane's heels of like, you're not strong enough to do something against him in fair play against number 32 in fair play. So you're going to take the only possible angle you have to take a cheap shot about maybe hurting him. Like that is a weak man's moment. That's a weak man's move. That is, you want to get in a fight. Someone squares up, you turn down, that guy walks away, you punch him in the back of the head. That's not a man's fight. That's a, that's a weak fight. That's you don't have enough confidence to stand up to your stand up for yourself. You're fighting him when his back's turned. Like, congratulations, dude, you're tough. That's, that's the guy that has the, the biggest offense is number three. It's not anybody. It, like 52, that was, that's stupid. Like, <laughs> you're just being an idiot. You're just point. being an idiot. But that's, it's, that is, it's your whatever. Like, that's bad, but like whatever. The one I think is the, mo- the most egregious thing is that first initial cheap shot. That's the one that I think deserves the biggest penalty over anything. Well, it, it won't warrant any <sighs> lasting penalty. Did 32 officially get suspended for the first half? He did. Okay. He did. But Iowa State also not made, surprised. Iowa State also decided that they weren't even going to appeal it if he, yeah, because basically Matt Campbell said on the teleconference this morning, he's like David did something stupid. Yeah, he's like we know what the rules are. When you do something stupid in this game, you deserve to be penalized for it. He's like, it is what it is. And we're this gonna, is we're going to move forward, and that's how it yeah. goes. And this I love that. And this is like this is sort of one of those opportunities. Like I'm the littler, I'm the younger of two brothers. And I do really like, I, I really look up to my brother. I, I did growing up a lot. And when he would do something stupid, I know that he would receive a stiffer penalty to send a message to me to not do this something stupid. If he comes home 15 minutes after curfew and he gets his car, like the, he gets his keys for the car taken away for like two days, like that, that really, that the, the crime doesn't match the punishment, but the punishment was set to send to a message to me when I got my keys in a year and a half or two years. Like you don't do this because this is what's going to happen. Right. So I know that there was stuff like that. And so this is the perfect opportunity that the guy that is seemingly above reproach does something dumb. You hold his feet to the fire and say, you serve your penance. This is not okay. I would guarantee you that the rest of the, the, there's two, I really think there's two guys that you could potentially do that to. It's Brian Peavy and Dave Montgomery. Like Kyle Kemp wouldn't like, he would just, I don't think he would get into a fight. Yeah. I just don't think you would. Lima would, but he's a lineman and like it doesn't have the same type of like feel to it. We're like right. PV and Montgomery are the two guys that from a character standpoint, everybody looks at and goes, these are really good human beings. They're not going to get in trouble. And all of a sudden they do something stupid. Man, boom. You, what are you saying about Hakeem? He's not a captain. Like, oh, true. Yeah. He's like, that's fair. He is not the, and I'm talking like not even a play standpoint, but like play plus Everything else they do. Everything yeah. else they do. Like, I mean, every week, like Fox Sports does something on Brian Peavy being a great person. And then I talk about like Montgomery and the kid that he goes to visit the University of Iowa Hospital. Like, yeah, great people. And they're great players. They're the most important players in the field. And we're going to do a half without them. You're hurting the rest of your family because of the actions that you're doing. Nobody else needs to do this because nobody's above reproach. Like that. I love that. They didn't even appeal that. Like from a culture building standpoint, is this the biggest game in Iowa State history in a while? Yeah, it is. Would it be really nice to have number 32? Yeah, it would. But if you're looking one year, two years, three years, five years down the road, 
this is the best possible move. In the, on the bright side, it's not like you're taking David Montgomery off the field and trotting on Jeff Woody. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in, I in all, in all, fair, in all I, fairness, you didn't yeah. have to say it. I'll say it. Uh, you know, you still got Kane and Johnny Lang scored a touchdown at the end of and the Sheldon. game, and Sheldon is going to be back out there as well. So, as much as you obviously want to have thirty-two, it's not like you don't have anybody else out there the, who the, has any level of talent. And we've also seen this team win without that guy. So it's the, like it, it. We know that they're going to be okay. Yeah, it's it's the Oklahoma State offense, and so I, not the that's not Gundy's offense. It's the a game against Oklahoma State, but um, the, the the problem. That that I the, the two problems I see going into Saturday, and these are not these are not hey we're going to lose because of this, but these are things that are genuine concerns that you're going to have to address for Saturday um, because I think Texas is a really good team. Uh, I think the Herman stuff is, that <laughs> that's another can of worms. Yeah, we can talk about that <laughs> in, in the next into. segment. Yeah, uh, I think that's funny more more funny than like surprising. Yeah, and actually anything. Uh, well, but we, like I said, we can talk about that in a second. Anyway, uh, the two things that like that I think you you're going to have to be very conscious of are Iowa State's offense, and this is not really like that much of a shock. Like Iowa State's offense, the first two drives they had of the game were as good as and any Iowa State offense has looked consistently forever. Like it was an average yard per play of like eight, no matter what they did outside of the very first play, which was the. Uh, which is still a 12 yard gain, but it was a fumble at the end and they ran to recover it. But it was like 12 yards, four, four, 10, eight, four, four, seven. It wasn't just one big, like, Hey, Hakeem, go do something. It was like consistently across the board dominating. Well, the problem lies because the way that they set that up, the entire game plan was look how good number 32 is. Give it to somebody else. Look how good number 32 is. Keep it for 15. Look how good number 32 is. Throw it to Charlie Kolar. Look how good number 32 is. And they used him as a distraction for every other play. Well, he's not there now. And so your eye candy, your, the entire, like kind of the, where you're putting the defense's attention is now more spread out. And so if you're going to try and refocus that on something, it has to be on either 15 or 18 now. Like, it has to be either look at our quarterback, which I think he's capable of doing. It's like window dressing 15 and then let him throw or divide the ball where it needs to, or really focus your first half on sending number 18, the ball and getting it to him as many places as you can to force double team coverage, to force everything over. Cause Texas will come out and play man to man against 18. They have a dude to do it. Like is it, what, is it number one? Maybe. They're, they have a, a, a pretty highly ranked corner. Yeah, I don't remember what his name is. Um, but, but anyway, they pretty, I know who you're talking about. He's, he's like a first or second round potential yeah. at corner. Like very good. And so they're going to man up. I bet they travel him with number 18. Like they, they send him wherever they want to go. So you're going to have to like either you try and divert your all again, send everybody's eyes. Where is number 18? Because that first two drives, it was where's 32 run fake Charlie Kolar slant a 22 yard gain. Where's number 32? Fake dive to Montgomery. You Bur Purdy walks in for a touchdown. Where is number thirty-two? Uh, fake dive to thirty or fake zone read to thirty-two. Throw it out to number eight. Like all of these things existed because of Montgomery, and now you have to again. You have to train where you have to control the eye, the, de the 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 eyes of the defense before anything else. And the second thing, um, Sam Ellinger is not uh, Charlie Brewer with his feet as far as speed is concerned. But he is, as far as productivity is concerned, he's a very accurate quarterback. I think Brewer is too. They're, the, it's, the passing thing doesn't provide as much of a threat to me as Ellinger when he can scramble. It's third and six. That's not a gimme down. Like in a lot of games up until this point, like really, if you look at the season, I, the Iowa State's defense had three bad games. It was Oklahoma, B, or, uh, Baylor, well, let's say Oklahoma State, but like those three bad games and all the rest of them, we're fine. So like Oklahoma state, what do those three quarterback, what do those three teams have in common? They all run. Cornelius can run. Brewer can run. Kyler Murray can run. Granted, those guys are super fast. I don't think Ellinger is that type of, he's more Austin or not less Seneca Wallace, but like it's more of, but he can still run and he's a really accurate passer on top of that. So defensively, you're going to have to account for Ellinger in the, the run game better than what they did before. So these those are the two in, things in going into Saturday that make me a little bit nervous. In fairness, I do think that Charlie Brewer probably played the best game of his college career as well. 
yeah, up but until still, the point I, when he was ejected. Right, but but still, I think that it was um, the capacity for Sam Ellinger to to do what Charlie Brewer did mm-hmm. is a lot higher. Ellinger is a really good quarterback. Oh like, yeah, he's a very a very good yeah, quarterback, without a doubt. And uh, I think I think this Texas team is broken on some level though, because we've seen. Okay, you see him lose to, who was it two weeks ago? Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. They lose to West Virginia last week. And then they nearly have like a complete and massive meltdown against Texas Tech and lose that game. Against Jet. Yeah. Yeah, against Texas Tech's backup quarterback. Yeah. I, this defense has not been very good two games in a row. It wasn't that good against Oklahoma State. I, this, this is a beatable Texas team. It is. Again, but the thing that cautions me are the two things. of One, you're going to have to redo your offense a little bit. Like, where is the attention of the offense supposed to be? On the bright side, one, you do get him back in the second half. Mm-hmm. And, and I would rather have, if we are going to have a running back, if you're going to pick a half to have a running back be gone for, you for want sure. him to miss the first and play in the second because that... he comes in with fresh legs. Fresh legs are fine, whatever. Like, you're, you're tired at the but end it, of the game anyway. But if you being also, able to run down, if you're in a position to run down the clock... yeah. That's when you want 32 in there. And you also get the whole week knowing that he won't be in there for the first right. half. It's not like, I mean, in that, that week of the Oklahoma State game, I legitimately think up until Thursday, they thought that he was going to play in the game, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, I think that the fact that they're going to have the entire week to prepare, knowing that he will not be in there, will yeah. be helpful. Go ahead. I was going to take a quick break. Yeah, All do right. that. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. We'll talk about the Ames Eye Clinic, eye-catching player of the game, right after this on Football and Random Things, presented by Iowa Diamond. Hey, guys, it's Williams here. On the podcast, on our radio shows, we talk a lot about point spreads, you know, all that stuff. To be honest, I'm not a big better, but I'm really just fascinated by that industry, and I want to recommend a service to you guys today if you're interested in that sort of thing. MyBookie.ag is the website. If you join right now, and if you give them our promo code, they will match your deposit dollar for dollar. This is a really good deal. Our promo code is 2427. Again, that promo code is 2427. They have live in-game, live betting. They're in the business for you fantasy guys out there. You can bet over-under on fantasy points for players. There's all sorts of really cool things. MyBookie.ag. Again, that promo code is 2427. You play, you win, you get paid. MyBookie.ag. Hello, Fanatics. This is Chris Williams. There are a few financial commitments you will make in your life that are more important than where to get your mortgage from. That's why I want to tell you about my friend Jason Larson at Gershman Mortgage in Ankeny. Here's a real review from a client on Facebook. Jason was amazing to work with. He kept in contact with us where we were at throughout the whole process. When we went to sign, he had coffee and donuts for us that morning. He was super kind and helpful, and we said we would refer him to anyone looking to buy a home. Now, that's just one review. Jason Larson, Gershman Mortgage in Ankeny is an equal housing lender. Their NMLS number is 138063. Give him a call at 515-554-6177. Please tell him that Chris Williams and Cyclone Fanatics sent you. Hey guys, it's Chris Williams. We're in the heart of football season now. And I got to tell you, I feel a lot better than I did a year ago. And I owe a lot of that to Dr. Kruger at the Ames Eye Clinic. Also, uh, their Des Moines location is, they're called Des Moines Eye Care in Des Moines. Same guys, really great eye doctors. I never thought that I had eye problems. I don't really have problems seeing or anything like that, but I was suffering from chronic headaches. I mean, it was nonstop. I always had a headache. And I think a lot of it was because I stared at a screen all day. Dr. Kruger took a look at my eyes, took him about a half hour, and he knew exactly what was wrong. Prescribed me some glasses that now I use while I'm on my computer, while I'm working for you guys at Cyclone Fanatic all day. And man, has it made a difference. I'm even sleeping better. I challenge you, if you have a problem like this, any sort of eye problem, to contact our friends at Des Moines Eye Care and the Ames Eye Clinic. You can check out DesMoinesEyeCare.com or AmesEyeClinic.com. I would encourage you to do this and tell them that we sent you. Tell them thank you for supporting what we're doing here at Cyclone Fanatic. Jeff, we had a surprise competitor for the Ames Eye Clinic eye-catching player of the game. Was this it week. Jared Stansberry? Mm, it was not. Oh. I 
I was not in consideration. Brock Purdy is this week's Ames, Ames Eye Clinic eye-catching player of the game. First of all, though, I will just say that. But is that his first win? Or Oklahoma State, he won. Yeah, he had one against Oklahoma yeah. State. Uh, but receiving honorable mention honors, the cop who broke up the fight. <laughs> he finished second in the voting. I, I feel that he deserves honorable mention. Was, that was the taller of the two guys, right? I don't Elliot's the, the, the shorter of the two. The one that's always with Kim. Yeah. yeah. Elliot's a good dude. Elliot's been around there for like 15 years. So the Ames Eye Clinic, eye-catching player of the game, Brock Purdy. Obviously, he was fantastic for the majority of the game against the Baylor Bears with honorable mention honors going to the cop who Ames broke PD. up the fight. Yeah, Ames PD. Honorable mention goes to Ames PD. Good work. So yeah, good work Good work to you guys up there. Uh, we hope that you'll make a video or something accepting your award. <laughs> um, I want to talk about Tom Herman. Oh, I, so no, I want to say, here's the thing. I, uh, and so I have been stupid busy. We had like a, a, a huge thing come up for work from at four o'clock last night. And so the only news of this that I get, and I haven't been able to dig into this cause I started work early and I've been basically rolling straight since. So this is sort of like the, as I'm like, like as I'm pooping, like scrolling through Instagram or Facebook and Spears had sent a message of like, with like 13 crying tears, laughing emojis on there. Zach, catch catch up. Catch you up want me to bring you? Okay, bring me up to speed. So Zach Smith, old friend Zach Smith from Ohio State, man who is not a nice man, man who is has very made it very clear in the last twenty four hours that he is not a very nice guy. Well, if, if you already, if you already, if you were on the <laughs> fence, on the fence, if you were on the fence about, about the, Zach Smith before, about the wife beating coach out of Ohio State, you're probably off the wagon now. But. <laughs> Is there still somebody who was on the wagon like, uh, give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he didn't hit her hard. But now we, we, pretty, we, we pretty surely know that, uh, that one, Zach might have had a little too much to drink yesterday. <laughs> Two, he is hell-bent on taking down everybody with him. Uh, uh, so it, it basically started with him. He has made a lot of accusations all of them towards Tom Herman. And mm -hmm. he has also brought Tom Herman's wife into this entire situation as well. Mm -hmm. uh, he said that Tom uh, is, is known to frequent Asian massage parlors. Uh, anybody who listens to the podcast knows what we are talking about when we talk about an Asian massage parlor. Yep. Uh, but perhaps the best accusation that came out of this entire situation is that Tom was caught by his wife cheating on his wife with an Iowa State recruiting girl. And I, you obviously were in the program mm -hmm. during this span of time. Actually, the other best thing was where he, he said that Tom was always taking bottles of G2, like what you take from, yeah. take from us, to mix with vodka like during their meetings. And I just thought of if you took the bottles of G2 to mix them with <laughs> vodka before we recorded the podcast. How do you think I have so much energy? Exactly. <laughs> uh, but no, the, actually the best thing was where Zach Smith was like sending him these really long text messages and uh, he took screenshots of it and then sent and like tweeted it out. Mm -hmm. And it all Tom Herman's reply was, okay, cool. Hook him with the, <laughs> with emoji. the emoji yeah and i was like tom i don't think that's a, 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 a <laughs> I, I, I don't think that's the best response i uh but now that's turned into a thing where everybody on twitter is like okay, okay cool. cool hook him oh <laughs> uh, okay but my first question does hearing any of this surprise you no as someone who was in the program during no. the time tom herman was at iowa state and so let us let's let me, let me put it this way uh the things that are important to tom herman Playing really good football, winning football games, and making sure that his players don't do unlawful things. That's about where it stops. Like everything else, like, yeah, eh, whatever. And, and I don't, like, I, I know things in the back of my mind that I've been told in confidence, but let me just tell you, this does not surprise me. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me either. I'll just say, based on stories I also have heard about Tom Herman, but with just to see a grown ass man on Twitter doing this. That's why Twitter is just the end of the world, man. And and vowing to 
that he's done coaching. He doesn't want to coach anymore. Now I don't his think he can get a job anyway. Now, well, yeah, obviously not. But now his entire life goal is to bring down everyone that brought him down. When in reality, he's he's saying that he now has proof that Tom Herman is the reason that Brett McMurphy got any of this information. And now he's going to bring down Tom Herman, which I would assume if he's going to bring down Tom Herman. Subsequently, he'll probably try and bring down Urban Meyer. Which don't do that. He will probably just try and bring down everybody. And Herb, you need to keep your job. Maybe at the end of the day, Zach Smith getting fired could have been the best thing that could have happened for all of us because now we're going to have a lot of interesting information coming our way. Herb stays head coach. What if what if Matt doesn't want to go? Can can we be sure? It was just funny to all of a sudden like he's in the middle of this meltdown and then all of a sudden Iowa State like gets thrown into it and you're like ooh it's like ooh now it got juicy let's ooh. go. <laughs> 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 it's just funny because like I started a rifle through in my mind of like all right which which. Recruiting girl, are we talking about like which? Which we're not gonna make any. No, again, I'm not gonna make any allegations. I will not or any explosive but like, allegations. That was just here. the like. Oh, I wonder who. That was, and I'm sure that the rest of the players that were there at the same time did had the same like. Oh yeah. Racking through your brain of who who your money was on of that to happen. I it just it, that's why I hate Twitter. It's such a. I don't Dude, know. I loved it. It was quite it was quite entertaining, if I'm gonna be completely honest. Yeah, but it's so like that that like that person has with that information is two scotches away from just ripping apart. Oh yeah, if you're Tom Herman, you would be I think that you should probably be pretty scared as to what that dude is gonna put out there on the internet at this point. Yeah. And so now he's no one's gonna stop him. Yeah. You are one phone away. From having every bit of information, true or not true. So let's say, like, again, I'm not surprised by this. Let's assume that it's true. But let's play the let's play the what if game. What if it's not? There's zero due process to this. This is. I, I would say that the the fact that I don't think Tom Herman has come out and denied any of it. To me, that that makes but again, it rather like, clear that it's definitely this, true. Th- I'm just saying, like, my point of like Twitter in general is yeah, like, okay. Let's say this wasn't true. And he texted, he changed his contact name in or whatever, like, like to his iPad, his iCloud account to Tom Herman. And so like your little TH shows up on there and you say whatever the hell you want and then reply with, okay, cool, okay, cool, hook (laughs) him to make it seem like it was him. And then you put that out there as some type of proof. And all of a sudden the entire thing is fabricated, completely made up. And you're like, Hey man, I have had zero chance to defend myself, but yeah, let's go with the fact that it's true. Like that is the, I mean, again, Let's. I, I would like to start that and sandwich this by saying I'm not denying that I think this is actually probably right, um, but let's th- theoretically think that what it's not, that's I think one of the, re- like that's one of my biggest beefs with just generally speaking like media today is like, and Thanks. we're part of it. Thanks. You're more part of it than I am, I'm, but I have a toe in the water, but like it's a rush to be first, not a rush to be right. Well, Zach, Zach Smith is better than all of us he in our is, jobs, apparently. Uh, rush to be first. <laughs> he is setting the news. It was just great. I, and that guy, he's been problematic on Twitter for a while. I mean, he was problematic on Twitter during the entire situation that he was involved in. But even when he was still coaching at Ohio State, he did not hold back ever about <laughs> attacking people on Twitter. Like, uh, the, the guy who was the receivers coach at Nebraska, he got a, a DUI. And this dude would use every opportunity that he could to bring up that this guy had gotten a DUI on Twitter. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, man, you are like a, supposed to be a professional. And this is, this is, this is not, 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 not a professional. professional. Yeah, well, okay. yeah. Dana Holgerson would, would greatly, he would greatly admonish you for your claims. That's he not, would not professional. He, this is not a very professional thing to do. By the way, Anybody out there interested in a very fashionable and awesome t-shirt can purchase a horns down t-shirt from cyclonefnag.com right now. Oh. But that is just a side point. You're not selling or, or, or pumping any, any gear there. Horns down. You can purchase them now on cyclonefnag.com. Uh, I wouldn't wear it to Austin. Do it. They don't take kindly to that. Oh, you don't you think? They don't take kindly to horns down. They give, yeah, they give uh, personal fouls for those now. Unsportsmanlike conduct. It's unprofessional. So if you don't want to get an unsportsmanlike conduct flag in the stands in Austin on, actually, I think there's, I've already seen people saying they're buying them and wearing them to Austin. So, okay. Just know, uh, you're going to get some, th- you're going to get some words, it's which fine. fine. Like I'm, 
I'm cool with it. Hey, just be aware. You're going to get some words. I'll, uh, I'll pull a, I'll pull one of our president. If you, if you have to beat somebody up, I will pay for your hospital bills. My fingers are crossed though. I'm not paying your <laughs> hospital bills. <laughs> I saw him. there. His fingers actually were crossed. So like, uh, it's legally binding. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I mean, this, this game is going to be very important. It's very important. Uh, did you see that that next week's game will be a night game? The Kansas State game? Correct. That's, that's going to be a rowdy, rowdy atmosphere. It'll be a quite rowdy atmosphere. It'll probably be cold as, cold as balls. I don't know. Is it going to be as cold as it was? I don't know. I'm just assuming. See, it'll be the last week in November. I'm assuming. It'll yeah. be quite cold. Probably be cold. Uh, I'm also worried because we all know Vampires do their best work in the dark, and that worries mm. me. That scares that scares living shit out of me. I'm gonna be honest. Did did he officially announce he was gonna retire? No, not that I'm aware of. I thought that he was going to. But I thought he was going to too. <sighs> so a- yeah, that'll be at six or seven on FS1 or Fox. So potentially, the Vampires' last game could be nationally televised from Jack Trice Stadium. Hmm. Hmm. Would be sure nice to watch Iowa State just roll up a nice sixty on him or something. That is probably isn't going to happen, but it'd be nice. Let's get through this one first. Let's get through this one first. Uh, also, everyone can come join us at Whiskey River on Saturday for the game. I am actually uh, good thing. I'm not on the inner in the, the interwebs. Uh, there is a Brothers Osborne concert that's in Des Moines. I'm going to have the game recorded and I'm going to be watching later after Brothers Osborne. So I'm not going to see this game live. So you might not know. I'm not going to know. Nobody tell Jeff Woody if you're at the Brothers Osborne concert. Well, they probably, well, yeah, don't be checking and like tell me like, oh, well, if they won, fine. Like, I don't mind. They'll be like, ugh, tough loss today. Damn it. <laughs> like, that's the worst. Like, if you're going to spoil it and be like, hey, big win today. Like, all right. I wanna, I'm excited to go watch this. You're like, ugh, that wasn't pretty. And you're like, oh. I hope that someone comes up and says, ugh, that wasn't pretty. And then you get back home and find out that they won by 20. Like, like 31 to 6. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, wow. Who are you representing, sir? <laughs> I'm just going to have a bunch of people do that. Yeah. This Brothers is, Osborne's great. They are. That's going to be a fun concert. And it will be a fun concert. Where are they at? Wells Fargo? Uh, no. It's actually at uh, the Seven Flags or Six Flags or whatever it is. In Seven Flags. Yeah. Seven Flags. Yeah. Not Six Flags. I don't remember how many flags there are. <laughs> I saw a schoolboy queue there. I feel like it'll probably be a little bit different time. Little different. Concert. I think it's a different crowd. <laughs> yeah, a little bit different, different crowd than schoolboy queue. A <laughs> little bit different crowd than schoolboy queue. <laughs> uh, all right. What what more do you want to talk about from the Baylor game? Anything? Um, I don't know. I I thought that the uh, there were lapses on defense. Do you think that they should move DeAndre Payne back to cornerback? No. 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 He's a better safety than he is a corner. However, I still. Every time. Okay, we're going to do this again? Every time. Like, he'll make one or two good plays and, like, screw up three times in a row. And you're like, what are you doing on the field? Number six. Sir. You and Jay are really on this one. Because it's true, man. Like, what? Every time it's on, like, it just. Dude, when you were down on the field on Saturday, it was actually really funny. Uh, I think there was a play where he gave up like a. And it was his first play. Got burnt for probably 20 yards or something. And I sent you a text and I said, number six again. And I saw you and you like unzipped your little pocket and you pulled your phone out and you looked at it and you went. And you put it back (laughs) in your pocket and then you like crossed your arms. Because it was. No, that was Brewer had had popped up and he scrambled off to his left and and, and Ruth was playing off man co- or off zone coverage, and like a quarterback boots to your side, you gotta get up and contain and turn it back to help. And he didn't. He collapsed inside, and the guy ran for like or Brewer ran for like eighteen yards. You want to know what sucks about when you come on and get mad at Demonte Ruth? What last Tuesday when I walked into the Jacobson building, you want to know who the first person I saw? Demonte Ruth. Yep. This was after we'd spent like. Six minutes of the podcast just well. Here's the thing: crapping is, on him. If you're gonna screw up, like I understand, if I screw up, I have opened myself up to be critiqued and talked shit about. Like I fully understand that, and I'm not saying anything about like 
and I will, I will never say anything about like an individual person that they are uh, lazy or they're whatever, whatever. I don't know about them as a person. I, I wouldn't venture to guess that as far as I'll go is like the thing with Baylor about like thinking that just the culture of the program is that they, they can get away with stuff. But like a, if you're playing, this is the whole Lou Holtz thing. I, like I always try and no matter what, if I'm commentating a game live or writing about something or whatever, if you're talking about the play of the player, no matter what you say, you're in fair territory. As soon as you start talking about the player, you are in the wrong. And so that like, you can only know what you know of being like, all right, data points say when six is in the game, something bad happens. Like, might be a good kid, might be a great kid. I don't know. But on the field, generally speaking, results don't follow. Say that about when I was playing. Sure. Like I'll own that. That's why somebody else played in front of me. But hey, hey, you'll always have, you'll always have Oklahoma State. I also had, I, I had other things too. When? <laughs> you didn't even play in any other games. <laughs> I was, it, it always, in, like, I, I'm not going to knock, like, because that's the most memorable thing. And like, I, get, I, I fully am understanding that like, that is the thing that I am mainly known for is that game. But it's funny when you're like seven people are like, man, that Oklahoma State game, that was fun. And like, that one day I the was, guy came up to you and he like, thank you. And you're like, uh, and it was when we were on the radio, he's like, thank you. And I, I was like, yeah, thank you for your service, Jeff. <laughs> and it's like, I was in Ames. From 2009 until 2014, I played in 13 games in three years and 12 in the other two. Well, so you played in in, uh, in, base, in more than 50 games more, in the cyclone. And, and so I redshirted my, that first year, but I was in what, three, three, seven, nine? Yeah, I played in 51 games, appeared in 51 games, and uh, everyone remembers Everyone one. remembers one. And so it's like a hey, like I I I it am, honestly is, am I the Baja man of Iowa State? <laughs> <laughs> Please say I'm not the Baja man of Iowa State. <laughs> uh, I mean I I just gotta know Jeff. Who, I who, I didn't who let, who let the dogs out? I didn't. Who let the dogs out if it wasn't you? Who? <laughs> Who? Who? <laughs> oh man! But it is funny. All right, and I'm not. I don't. I'm not saying this to be mean. I'm just. It is funny how many guys there are from that era where they basically are remembered for like one thing. Mm-hmm. Like like Jerome Tiller will always be remembered the for, Nebraska game. for the Nebraska game. Uh-huh. You'll be remembered for Oklahoma State. Jared Barnett, Oklahoma State. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Steele, as good as he was at other times, he, I mean, he, the Iowa it game. will always be the Iowa game. Like, there was a bunch of dudes that they, it was like, that's the that guy game, you know? Yep. Yeah. And what's funny is, like, that season, there was, like, in the Kansas State game, I think it rushed for, like, like 21 carries and, like, 90 yards and two touchdowns against Kansas State. Very efficient. And nobody <laughs> remembers that game. <laughs> Well, like, cool, man. Like, again, I'm not which, saying... Which year? The year senior year? It would have been... No, it would have been my sophomore year. It was the same year. Okay. Um, and, like, I'm... Again, I'm not complaining about this. Like, I fully understand. Like, this is a champagne problem. Like, to be known for something, like, to have left a mark on a place you care about so much, like, that is totally cool. Like, this is not in any way a complaint. It's just an observation that I think it's funny that, like, nobody else be like, hey, I remember the Kansas game in 2010 when you ran out the clock for the final four minutes, like that was a, a very, I feel like that was a, a, a more difficult task. Maybe this is why you should have blocked that punt against Texas Tech that one time. Damn it. Shane Burnham. <laughs> Always such a good get off for a front side punt block technique. Chase the hip, bend right around the shield. Just had my hands too high. <laughs> block punts low. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> We really have, I don't know. Uh, it, went, it went how I expected it to. <laughs> well, I have to get out of here at some point. Soon. Yeah, I know. We're, so, like, we're, we're about done. We, like, we condensed. We did condense. Well, this is mo- more random things than football today, but it was also it's that, that fine line between Superman open hand slaps over a referee. I st- it still blows my mind. 
Like if you guys want to know what that would be like about trying to punch someone with a helmet on is like, open the door. Don't leave it shut because it, it's going to give a little bit and then punch it. That's what it feels like. Stupid. Like you're going to get so mad you punch a door. But no, I mean, at least a door. Like a wooden door, you have your, your hand has the potential to go through if you punch it hard enough. You ain't punching through a helmet. Nope. Not happening. Not going to happen. Nope. And so you're, you're left to open hand slap another grown man. Really showing your toughness there. And I, I, it just, like, it, it has never occurred to me that that was a thing. There are really, every once in a while, there's a fight when you're like, oh, God damn it. Like, what? Stop it. And, like, my favorite thing, and whenever there was, like, a brawl like that, is to just go in there, like, from the periphery and start taking dudes by the back pad. And of, throwing them and out? And throwing them. Like, oh, just tossing them out of the bar. Like, by the, because you can, the, the back, the, the, you know, behind the breastplate yeah. and then yeah. just the back side of that, you grab them underneath there and, like, it's like picking up a turtle. We're like, they can't do anything about it. So like you just like heave somebody off and they get all torqued, but then they're outside the pile. So they can't dive in because they're going to get a penalty. Yeah. So you can just like toss, start tossing people. That was fun. But then every once in a while, like somebody would get so mad and I'm not going to name names, but I think everybody that played from in the, I think this 2011 season, uh, 2010, 11. Anyway, um, it was a, a offensive lineman, defensive lineman scuffle and somebody's helmet was removed. And then somebody else picked up said helmet and started to think about swinging it towards the person without the helmet before they were immediately stopped by members of his own side of the ball uh, because that would have been murder. Was this in practice? This was in practice. Oh, okay. This was in, uh, for anybody that did play football, especially at like a division one or not even division one, like a high college ball level. Uh, if you had one guess on what period of practice this, these fights take place in, what would it be? Oklahoma. Inside run. Okay. Inside so, yeah. run drill is we're going to run the ball defense, stop the run. There's no, they don't have to read anything. Yeah. They, the linebackers just sprint downhill. The defensive linemen don't even attempt to consider the option of pass. They're just playing run the entire way. And so you <laughs> so have, just plow through people. It's so stupid. Like every once in a while you do like the cheeky, like, Oh, you're going to run a play action and boot your quarterback. And he's freaking butt-ass naked on the other side of the field because nobody paid attention to the fact that, hey, he's over there because it's a run play. And right. all of a sudden, like, the defensive coaches get mad. Oh, this is a run period. Why are you throwing a pass play? It's like, because your guys are – this is not football. Like, in no context <laughs> in any game ever is it, hey, we're going to run the football here. There's no other option. That's never existed. Fourth and one – there's still an option to pass. Like you can't just wholeheartedly go out and stop the run. But it was during inside period, which is when like 96% of fights happen. I take that back. 70% of fights. The other 30 are one-on-ones. So Oklahoma drill? Uh, not necessarily Oklahoma. Like pass. So like just a, uh, you know, a tackle going up against defensive end pass oh, rush. Okay, okay. Or like a wide receiver going on against a, a defensive back. Yeah. Just routes. Like one, true just one-on-ones. That's when the other fights start. Don't fight on the football field, kids. It's so stupid. If you're going to learn anything else from this podcast. So stupid. And if you are, like, think of something that's actually detrimental, not an open hand slap to the face. Like, if you're a wrestler, you have a, a significant upper hand. Because, like, a trip. Like, if you can do a trip to somebody, then they look stupid. And, they, like, you've hurt their emotions. Like, that's the only thing you really can hurt is their emotions. I just imagine being the one person that's like not not down to fight. You're like, no, God, no, <laughs> no, stop. Usually, no. usually that was like my what would run through my head was God damn it, and like having to go try because there I don't I was not I don't think I was involved in a brawl on the field, uh, but I was plenty at practices, and so like. Guys, you're. I feel like you would be the guy that would like you were in the play, and then you were just like happened to be in the middle of everything, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you get up and you're the uh, like the Mr. Krabs meme where he's like <laughs> looking all around, and you're like there's just all these huge humans, and then you're just like, yeah, I wasn't. What am I gonna do? I wasn't usually in the mix of it, like, and and I could, I don't know, for the most part, like hold my own. I was usually the guy that was like like 44, the one that was grabbing number three mm -hmm. for Baylor, like the dude that was grabbing the back of his shoulder pads, being like. Get your dumb ass out of here. Sorry, guys. This is my idiot friend. And like, you're the one that was having the moment of clarity. And you're like, yeah, we need to get out of here. This is not good. <laughs> this is not okay. Like, 
<laughs> you realize like you're you're wearing a bright red sweatshirt with red sweatpants walking down like the middle of Compton. Like you don't realize the danger you're in, buddy. Let's change the the concept of what you're trying to do. So uh yeah, no, that was uh that was always my thing. It's always like, God damn. Okay, well, get your stupid ass out of this fight that is not productive. Like, you're not proving how tough you are. You're just stupid. Like the the times like I the in closing, I think I've told this story before, but the the only time fights are really like, okay, go get them. Like that I wouldn't even like I, I wouldn't even attempt to break them up until like point proven. And then like, all right, come on. Like my favorite one is the Albert Gary, Jake Latimer one, which I think we've talked about before, but it was during fourth quarter drills, which you, the entire team has to do a perfect rep. And it's a sequence of like seven things that are like, you know, point of direction, do like a, a, a roll on the ground. And then you're like shuffle your feet into a, an up down or whatever. And like everybody on the team has to do it. Perfect. And you got to get like three, it's like three, just three perfect reps. And if everybody's at perfect, great. And like Albert Gary kept screwing up by just not finishing through the line. He was just being lazy. And Jake Latimer, who has sledgehammers attached to his wrists for hands, um, was jawing at him and Albert jawed back and everybody was like, you realize who is talking trash, Albert? Like, do you, do you know? And then eventually, like, he started jawing back and Latimer was like, just finish the drill. Like, quit being lazy with some expletives in there. And then anyway, like, Albert, like, started jaw near him and Latimer just went one, just like to the face down and no one even really like rushed to Albert. It was like, yeah, <laughs> he deserved that. And the trainers like jogged over and they were like, all right, well, we're going to do, we're going to take care of him. And he like came to, and he was, <laughs> he was like, got out of the drill, but then we finished it. And everybody was like, yeah, that was fair. Like he deserved that one. He earned that. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks Iowa diamond for being the presenting sponsor. Lastly, horns down.